everybody and welcome back to Beauty Brains in a Big Mouth, the podcast. My name is Kim and today I want to talk about love is blind, you guys. <laughs> Maybe not so much about like the show, uh, but just there's um, some interesting things that are some interesting conversation that has come out of this experiment. Okay. Um, if you've not watched any of the love is blind seasons, there's four of them. They're on Netflix. If you have an interest, go for it. Um, it's, you know, it's just a play on all of these reality shows that, you know, are out there about, you know, relationships and dating and marriage and all the things. And so, uh, with love is blind, it's basically an experiment to see if you can fall in love with someone and maintain a successful marriage, uh, without seeing that person, right? So everything that you build is a part of this emotional connection rather than just that initial physical attraction. And so it's interesting because out of the four seasons, we've had, um, we've had some successful relationships. We've had some successful marriages. There are people that are still going strong um, from this experiment. And that is very interesting. And I think that it has to do with a lot of different factors. And I think as this show progresses there, I think that some things just change. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the people like personally. Um, I think it has to do with your motives. I think it has to do with where you are in your life as to whether or not this type of experiment is going to be successful. And I, I think you can see that a lot in the evolution of this show. So like from season one to season four, this past season was season four. I, it was completely unhinged, completely unhinged. Um, it made for good TV, but uh, it really just made you think about some things, especially when, um, some of the things start to happen. It's like things happen on season four that we had never experienced in, in the love is blind universe before. And so that really made me think about some things and what, especially some of the common uh, terminology and I guess the common experiences that you hear the love is blind people talk about all the time. Right. And so you hear strong emotional connection. You hear that a lot, right? Um, you hear them talk about some of the difficulties of leaving the pods and seeing their significant others for the first time. And so there's an adjustment for them connecting the voice and the things that they talked about to the person's physical appearance. And so that's interesting. And I think I can understand that. That's very interesting. Um, but I, I think for me, and I think for anybody who hasn't been through some type of experience like this, it's going to find it hard to understand. Um, when people are like, you know, I knew I wanted to marry her after our second date or something like that, right? Like I, that seems a little far-fetched to me, but also too, you hear people say that in real life, right? Like, like I've heard people say, that they saw their significant other like across the room or, you know, walking down the street or something. And they were like, I knew immediately that I was going to marry that person. Like that person was going to be my wife. That person was going to be my husband. And it seems 
completely ludicrous. I think to people who've never had that experience, obviously. Um, but you hear people say that and they've gone on to have extremely successful relationships, extremely successful marriages. And so that is something that just kind of like blows my mind. Um, and I'm interested, I would love to know, especially in the love is blind setting, what kind of conversations they're having, right? What kind of conversation? It's a very sped up, very intense um, experiment from my understanding. And you are in, you know, these pods where you're dating, I put that in quotes, multiple people, and you're doing it for a significant amount of amount of time every day. I think they do this for like hours on hours on hours, day in and day out. And so you're having all these conversations with all these people. And then obviously you whittle it down to the people that you feel you have the most connection with and things like that. But I'm interested to know like what it is that they're actually talking about where you get to the point where you're like, yeah, I want to propose to this person. Like that blows my mind. And so, um, I was watching a YouTube video with Cameron. So from love is blind season one. And in season one, um, everybody's favorite couple, Lauren and Cameron, they're super cute. They had, well, from what I can tell, what I watched on TV, it was like the best experience. And they're still married. They've been married for almost five years now. Um, and everybody roots for them. They're just the cutest. We love them. Um, and Cameron did a YouTube video about some of the common love is blind misconceptions. And it was very eye opening, just some of the things that he was talking about. And so you know, I thought about it and I was like, well, dang, what are y'all talking about? That makes you just so sure you have to marry this person. And as a matter of fact, Cameron and Lauren, they, when they were in the pods, it was nine days. So it took nine days for him to propose to her, which just seems crazy, right? You've never seen this person. You're going off of just the conversation that y'all have been having for nine days and you're ready to get on one knee and say, hey, spend the rest of your life with me. So that's mind blowing in in and of itself. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, you know, what was that conversation like for nine days? And so funny enough, Cameron spoke a little bit about that in the YouTube video. And he said, you know, that they have they're given like conversation prompts from like the producers and stuff and they can use them or not use them or whatever. And he said he used a couple of them kind of just to get the conversation going and see where it could go or whatever. But he said with Lauren, um, once he felt like that kind of stronger connection with her, what he would do is he would go back like at the end of the day or whatever. And he would write down things in his notebook that he wanted to ask her or things that he wanted to know about her. Um, and those were kind of like how the conversations would go, right? And so he said, you know, it, it was more about him trying to figure out their compatibility, right? And so when he said that, it kind of hit me, right? Because the name of the show is Love is Blind, right? And we all know that there is a lot of things that go into that that L word, right? There's a lot of things that go into love, loving somebody, being in love with somebody, that type of thing. And I'll tell you up front, I don't think love is blind, not at all, because I think that there is 
because there's so many different components of love, it, it can't be blind, right? So, and we've seen that, like universally, love is not blind. And I think that the the physical attraction is a part of love. It is, point blank period. And anybody that tells you it's not is lying to you because that's how we make our judgments in life, right? That's how we're drawn to other people. It's that initial attraction. And if I'm not attracted to you, then, you know, we're never going to connect. And so when he said that he was looking and contemplating compatibility, that really struck me. He said specifically, you know, I'm thinking about, can I live with what's incompatible? So you're in the pods at this point. You've not seen this person. You're just going off of the conversation that you all are having. And so in that conversation, you're trying to really figure out, can I love this person? Can I live with this person? Can I marry this person? Right. And so he said, can I live with what's incompatible? And I thought that was interesting. And I think that that is something that we don't rely enough on in everyday, just real life. Right. Because there's so many other things that we have to draw on in real life, like that physical attraction, um, and different things like that. When you go into an experiment like love is blind, a lot of that is taken away from you. You can't see the person, so you don't know what they look like. So you can't draw any conclusions off of that. You don't have access to your phone. So there's no social media. There's no connecting with your friends. There's no, you know, showing your friends a picture of the person and being like, hey, what do you think? Or even talking to the people that know you best about your experiences. So you go on a date and then you go home and you talk to your sister about it or you call up your best friend or whatever. You don't have that opportunity. These people are surrounded by other strangers that are also doing this experiment for the first time. And so that's all you have to go on. And so when you're in this experiment, you are stripped of a lot of the tools that you would have in the real world. And so I don't, I think that when you ask yourself, can I live with what's incompatible? I think that's so important. And I think that's something that we need to incorporate more into our everyday real world dating life. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to find somebody out there that is 100% perfect for you. You're just not. We're all humans. We all have our flaws. We all have our biases. We all do things differently. We've all had extremely different experiences that shape us into the people that we are. And so, yeah, we're going to be able to find things that we have in common, sure. But at this point, it's more about weighing that out, right? Can, can I live with what's incompatible? Does what's incompatible outweigh what's compatible, right? Because even with the, the aspect of like the physical attraction, looks fade, guys. <laughs> like we, we grow, we grow old, we change, things don't always stay the same. And so obviously building your relationship foundation on physical attraction is like building a house with a foundation of sand. That's not good. It's going to wash away, right? And so if you're intentional and you're in this looking for that meaningful lifetime partnership, you're going to want to 
contemplate those concepts, those hard hitting ideas. Can I live with what's incompatible? Because obviously it's going to be a no brainer that you can get along with somebody that has similar interests to you. You can get along with somebody that you're attracted to. You can get along with somebody that, you know, um, you feel like you can grow with and, you know, experience different life experiences with and things of that nature. It's easier to find common ground with somebody, especially in a situation like this, where you're looking for a relationship. And especially if you have that physical attraction, you know, it's, it's going to be very easy <laughs> to find commonality. It's going to be very easy to contemplate all the reasons why you should do it. Right. And so I think that we ignore all the reasons why we shouldn't do it, which is why we have a lot of conversations about red flags and missed red flags. And why didn't I see that? And this and that and the third. And, you know, and so we, we get into these situations where we don't want to pay attention to the negative, but that's part of a, a well-rounded experience, right? Especially, like I said, if you're intentional and you're in this looking for your life partner, somebody that you're going to build with for the rest of your life. And so those are things that you have to pay attention to and you have to ask yourself. And I think that in a sense, Love is Blind does that very well. Like I said, because it strips you of those tools. It strips you of some of those crutches and the security blankets that you have, right? I can't run to my best friend or run to my mom and say, hey, look, there's this guy. He's cutie patootie. Show him a picture. Talk to him about it. Tell him how I'm feeling. Because these people know me, right? These people have insight on who I am and the experiences that I've had, what I've done in the past and what I'm looking for for my future. But that's stripped away from me. I don't have that. This is something that you go into pretty much alone, right? It's about you and you alone. And you're trying to make these love connections. And I think that asking that question is imperative. And it, I was so interested when Cameron said that because like I said, if you haven't watched Love is Blind, I recommend season one because it was the best so far. Um, and I really just, I just, I fell in love with Lauren and Cameron just because they were so freaking cute. But I think that they were both on the same page about what they wanted to get out of this experiment. I think that they were open-minded. I think that they were willing to fully immerse themselves in the process, right? And so I think as the show has gone on, we've seen where there have been people that you know are not in this for the right reasons. And I fully and truly believe that Cameron and Lauren were in it for the right reasons. And I can tell now too, with just Karen, Cameron talking about this and he's talking about, you know, his experience and, and the things that he did in order to determine if Lauren was the right person for him, you know? And like I said, lo and behold, they've been married for almost five years now. Um, and, and it's not to say that everything's been perfect and all peaches and cream. We know that that's not true. Um, but they're still together, right? The connection that they formed was strong enough for them to continue to build. And that's what you're going to want to do 
with your person, right? And so, and you're sitting there and you're thinking about, you know, how they were successful, right? Because out of all the love of us blind couples, we haven't had that many that have been successful. And Lauren and Cameron are definitely a success story. And so you kind of want to know, hey, you know, what's your secret? You know, <laughs> what did you do? And so to hear him talk about it like that was amazing. And it's, it's, it's things that you don't have to be in this situation that you can still apply. These are tools that you can apply in the real world, right? You need to be asking yourself, can I live with what's incompatible? I keep going back to this question because it just seems it's, it's mind expanding to me, right? Um, because you go into dating for all different kinds of reasons, right? But ultimately, if you're intentional and you're looking for somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with, there's a lot of work that goes into that. There's a lot of work that goes into that. And you cannot base a lifelong connection on something superficial. Like, yeah, he's cute. That drew me in. But now I need to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's been peaches and cream so far because we have all these things in common, but what don't we have in common? And can I live with that? Right? And I don't think I've ever asked myself that question before, which is why I say it's it's mind expanding because I'm like, wow. I've never asked myself that question before. And I definitely want to start asking that question. Because, you know, not to be negative or anything about it, but when you when you start to get into a relationship, you're basically you're combining two lives, right? And depending on what your experiences have been, how many relationships you've been in, what the extent of those relationships have been, it can be kind of difficult to combine two lives. But if that's what your goal is, again, if you're looking for your life partner, then obviously, you know, you're, that's a step that you have to take. And so part of that is learning to live with the incompatibilities, learning to live with the things that aren't perfect. Um, because, you know, when you make that commitment to somebody, whether it's to get married or be in a relationship, to move in together, any of those things, you are accepting that whole person. And I think that's where a lot of people run into trouble is that you can't run, you can't cut and run when you find out something that you didn't want to hear, right? You can't cut and run when you find out something that's not, that doesn't necessarily fit with the the person you thought they were. And I think that's a big problem, right? Um, you find out something that's not super desirable or you know i know a lot a lot of people uncover certain things about how people live when they move in with them but you know if you're at the move-in stage that means you've you've been in this for a minute and you've you've done some of the work so why would you cut and run at that point you know and i think it takes a certain amount of maturity to ask these questions and to be okay with the answers and so this is you know it and everything is a journey everything is a journey and i think that people choose to do things like love is blind or you have like marriage at first sight and all kinds of these you know shows that people do and i think they choose to do them because whatever they've been doing this far in the real world has not been working for them and so if you can 
get into a situation that takes a different angle, which is what this is. It takes a different angle and it forces you to tap into something different because doing what you've always done is going to get you what you've always gotten. And if you are not satisfied with what you've always gotten, then that means you need to do something different. And so, you know, is love blind? Absolutely not. (laughs) But I think that this experiment definitely forces you to use other tools in your arsenal versus just relying on initial physical attractions, just relying on those old habits or those same old questions that you ask every first date and this and that and the third. And again, you know, taking the time out to listen to those who have been through this experiment and um, what they got out of it, especially those that have been successful is very interesting because like I said, yeah, it's a different situation that most of us will probably never find ourselves in. However, the tools that some of the successful couples used to get where they are today are tools that we can use in everyday real world dating situations. And so that's what makes it so exciting, right? It gives you more resources to use so you can be more successful in what you're doing. So I thought that that was amazing. Um, Again, Love is Blind is fun to watch. (laughs) It's entertaining. Um, And as it has progressed, it has gotten, you know, quite interesting. Um, If you haven't watched it, I I recommend. I would say definitely watch season one because it is, it's, I appreciated season one for so many reasons. Um, And it was brand new, something we'd never heard of. It came out during the pandemic. So, you know, obviously it was like, hmm, what is this? And um, it had some success. And so they've kept going. But I think that you'll be able to see the evolution from season one to season four and kind of understand what I'm talking about as far as season four being completely unhinged. Um, There being some different situations on season four. And because we had never encountered those situations that we've seen on season four before, that made me start to think about the whole experiment and the question, is love blind? And it made me want to do a bit a little a little bit of research and go back and and look at some of the more successful couples in the past and see kind of if they had you know what their thoughts on you know the experience were and how they got from point a to point b because it's hard you know i want to talk about it but i don't want to spoil it for those listeners who haven't, <laughs> haven't watched it um but it just it makes you question some things especially when you see how some of the people act um, on season four, once they get out of the pods and things of that nature. So if you haven't watched it, take some time to enjoy some mindless entertainment. (laughs) You won't regret it, but, uh, that is my little spiel on that. So, uh, that was definitely some, some eye-opening information and some things that I know will help me you know, as I move forward and um, some things that I hope that other people kind of take to heart and think about. And it's things that you can, um, if you're already in a relationship, whether it's, you know, new or you're got some years in it, or even if you're married or whatever, these are some things that you can continue to ask yourself because uh, relationships are always changing and always evolving. You're growing together and 
you know, what you had in year one is not going to be what you have in year 10 and so on. And so, you know, just having an open mind to those things. And again, your partner is always going to be changing. Things are going to be different. We're living and learning in this life and you've chosen to do it together. And so you got to, you know, uh, be open to what that means. And so you can continue to ask yourself, can I live with what's incompatible? But also too, you know, not to get too bogged down into the negative, but think about the ways that you've become even closer and more compatible over the years. Um, and think about, it's fun to reminisce, especially if you've got some years in your relationship, you know, to think about where you were when you first started this thing and where you are now and how different you are as a couple. So it's very interesting to, uh, to think about. But I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, leave me some feedback in the show notes. I'm very interested to see what your thoughts are. Is love blind? Um, rate this podcast five stars and hit that follow button. You know you want to. <laughs> I'll see you in my next one. Bye, guys.